You're listening to a Chicago Sports Nation production, enhancing your Chicago sports fan experience. Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Come on, baby, don't you wanna go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. You're listening to Bears Nation podcast. Uh, I'm one of three hosts. Uh, my name is Josh. We have Chris Nano, and then we have Jay Kassan. Um, real quick, just want to throw this in the front here. You can follow us on Twitter. Um, my my uh, Twitter handle is at Josh Lyles 28. Uh, you guys want to sh- give a shout out to yourself, uh, maybe boost yourself a little bit. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I'm J- I'm at Jay Kassan too. Uh, yeah, I'm at Chris Nano 10. Cause I don't know if you guys make it all the way to the end or not, so I just want to throw out our little. <laughs> I mean, I'm just kidding. You guys all listen to the entire thing because you love us that much, and all of our content is awesome. So let's. And then let's they jump. listen to it again. Yeah, they listen to it like five or six times. But uh, yeah, let's jump into the game. Um, disappointed, but I, what what stinks is we all expected a loss at the beginning, right? We all we were all. Like, we all wanted them to win, but all three of us, we said it, they're probably not going to win. Um, why does it still hurt? So, Chris, if you want to go into that. You know, I feel like before the season, uh, we were kind of expecting a slow start. And then, um, you know, when, when the Bears went 3-1 and one after the first four games, we were kind of ex- like our expectations kind of rose a little bit, uh, especially as fans. Um and then, you know, that Patriots game really felt like we could have won. Um, it wasn't as heart- heartbreaking as the Dolphins and Packers game. Um, but, you know, it was still heartbreaking, especially the way we lost. Like, um, that, that last play was just brutal. That's just ripped my heart out. Um, but I feel like it was just, for, for me at least, like, the Packers lost, the Dolphins lost, and then this, this loss against the Patriots just kind of, it just like added up, if that makes sense. Um, that's really my only explanation. Um, uh, I'm with Chris, I, but also my thing is it, it's like the Packers loss because it, yeah, from the perspective that we expected the bears to lose, but it's the manner in which they lost and that there wasn't a chance there that they could have won. There were a couple, you change a couple things here and there and they conceivably win that game. So it, it wasn't like a uh, we got stomped into the dirt. They got beaten around all day. It's that they had a chance. They had their chances to win it, and they just couldn't pull it out. So I think that's why it hurts so much more. Well, what's also what's crazy is that's what the coaches are saying too. Like, I mean, not coaches. Uh, coach Nagy, just one coach. Because um, I actually watched the press conference. Go me. I actually watched him this week, and uh, <laughs> um, they said he he kept saying over and over. A lot of the players kept saying over and over again was like one thing, one thing. If one thing was changed, just like in the Packers game, one mistake was was reversed, uh, the game would have looked so much different. And that's how that's kind of how this game was. But I mean, you can't, you really cannot bank on those in the NFL. Like you need to be the one on top always. And that's how the Patriots are. Like um, Belichick preaches. Um, don't beat yourself basically like you are your worst enemy like stop making mistakes and um, 
there were so many mistakes over and over again in this game, and it, it just drives me nuts. And then, um, but I do want to kind of talk about just Kevin White and that that last play. I, that's kind of where I was trying to allude to why it hurt so much. And Jake, you kind of mentioned it, and Chris, you did too. We could have won that game, at least tied it up in the end, and potentially, uh, I don't know. There's just so many on the verge of like, oh yes, oh, no, are you kidding me? Uh, and that happened so many times this game. I mean, we had three turnovers. Like, you, you could blame the defense for not being able to tackle and the yards after catch, all that jazz. But, I mean, the offense was held to, I think it was 21 points, right? The Patriots' offense. Yes. Uh, I think it was 24, if I'm. No, 24. Think... It was? Because they okay. had two special teams touchdowns, and they won 38 31. Okay. Um, and so that, to me, that's. That's phenomenal considering we're playing against Tom Brady, you know, um, and just mistake after mistake. Uh, who's some highlight players you guys want to talk about on offense real quick before we get into defense? Uh, Kevin White is my first one. And it's, I mean, he finally is here. I mean, for him to be involved on that play, obviously you need your biggest and fastest and most athletic guys, but just for him to be out there to bring it down, uh, I think was awesome. It's great to see him out there. Maybe that shows a little, some gives, gives him a little bit of a longer leash going forward. Uh, it's unfortunate that he couldn't get into the end zone, but you know, he did everything he could. I tweeted this out. I tweeted the screenshot of, he even got an extra yard. I mean, he was two yards away, and he made that little move to get the extra yard. It's just he got ganged up on. He got three, tackled by three guys at once. But I think he, I think that's a really good confidence booster for him to be able to even come down with that. Uh, I would like to see it be a sign of things to come going forward. Yeah, uh, Kevin White's definitely the, the obvious choice. Um, I really liked what I saw from Trey Burton. Um, mm-hmm. I think turning into a Trubisky security blanket in a way. Um, and, you know, he, he seems like he's always the guy when we need that first down or when we need that play to get us over the hump. Um, I just hope, you know, it continues to be that way because there are some games where he just feels like he's not used enough. Um, but, yeah, you know, Kevin White, Trey Burton, um, hope those guys, you know, can get it going uh, and keep being consistent. Um, so all the we can't go a, we can't go a week without talking about Trubisky. Uh, what do you, where do you guys think he is on his progression, and did he have a good game? Um, I don't think he had a good game, but I don't think he had a bad game. I mean, twenty six for fifty isn't a great look ever, but I mean he really. Yeah, there were some throws and there were some mistakes that you can kind of point to and be like, all right, those are bad throws. But I think overall, when you consider what he did with his legs, too, and the throws he did make and even putting them in a position to win it at the or tie it at the end, uh, I think overall it's at least a decent game. I still think it showed uh, I think it showed two things about his progression, because the last couple weeks we've been talking about how these games have been positive progressions. I think this showed this was a game that showed there are still little things that are being worked on. It was a reminder that this is a quarterback in just his second year and also who's in his first year with a new head coach, a new system. Uh, I'm not going to rip them apart. I mean, it's the Patriots. Uh, could he have done better? Yeah, but all in all, there were still things that I liked and things that 
positive things you can take away from that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much on board with that. Um, this is kind of what I said. Uh, I was a guest on another podcast yesterday. Um, this is yeah. what says <laughs> <laughs> oh. the guy that's in like three other podcasts. Yeah, but those are mine. I'm not <laughs> guest appearing on anyone else's. <laughs> that's funny. Go ahead, Chris. <laughs> um, damn, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, okay. Um, so I don't think, um, you know, he did enough. He he wasn't bad enough to lose us the game, but I don't think he did enough to win us the game. Um, and you know, I I still think we could have won that game despite his performance. So in a way, I don't think it was awful, like Jake said. Um, but there were definitely some throws he could have made that he missed, and um, you know, that ultimately came back to haunt us. So. Um, make of that what you will, but um, I don't. I think it was just an just an average performance. Um, once again, the press conference with Coach Nagy. He he went back and watched the tape, and he tried to cover up for him a little bit, just saying like some of the missed throws were just throwaways, as opposed to it looked like they were um, overthrows, just because the guy was covered and he didn't want an intentional grounding, whatever the excuse is. Uh, but like we, like I said last week, a lot of these like justifications are just excuses. I don't know if you saw my tweet about the the progression of grief for Bears fans and like the day of a loss, Bears suck. The next day, well, you know, Patriots are a really good team, and if if it wasn't for this, we probably could have won. And then the next day, uh, yeah, if you look at the Bears and how good they've been doing lately, and then the next day, it's the Bears are the best. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it, that's, that's how it is every single week. And so we're in that progression of like, you know what, the bears, the bears are doing this, 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 and this, right? Like the, the NFL still has us, uh, on the, on the ranking system, what is it called? Power rankings, um, at 11. The, um, so it's not, it's not, people look at the team and they're like, wow, this team is for real. But for some reason we can't finish the darn game. Um, I was actually really surprised after losing to Miami and losing to Patriots that we were still as high as 11. Um, and actually, on that list, I know that list doesn't really mean anything, but uh, I mean it doesn't mean nothing. I mean it's still a evaluation of what analysts and writers and people who do this every day for a living think. So I, I think it's still credible. Yeah. Um, well, the lines are sneaking up. That's where I was going to go next. But they're right behind us at 12. But this NFC North division, man, it is, it is a tough place to be. Um, but uh, I actually want to actually point out also Kevin White's flag that he drew, drew um, to get us closer to the end zone. Like He, he would have caught that if the defender wouldn't have grabbed his – Horse, if it wasn't a horse collar pull down, like basically is what it was. He pulled him down so he couldn't get the ball. You guys remember that touchdown, or it would have been touchdown? Uh, it was right. It was right before Kevin White. I mean, not Kevin White. Jordan Howard pushed it in. Oh yes, 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 yes. I do remember that. So that was Kevin White's ball, and he was. Uh, it was a personal, personal foul, and uh, we got closer, and Jordan Jordan Howard did his thing. So I think that was super crucial too. So I. I like that he's getting more involved in the game. Um, Tariq Cohen, he's a baller, um, which kind of scares. Yeah, yeah it kind of scares me with more of Jordan Howard's role with the team. Um, 
Tariq Cohen just fits fits it better. Yeah, Tariq Cohen is awesome. Kind of worries me about Jordan Howard's uh, usage in the game. I, I just really want them to figure out how to use him because if they can co- combine those two play styles, if they can combine <laughs> Jordan Howard's ability to find the holes and all that good stuff, zone running. Um, I really think Howard had. Good. I'm sorry. Finish your thought. I just, I really think this could be a success because I think you were gonna say Howard had 15 touches or whatever. You're like, but what was what was their what was his yards per carry? Do you know? Uh, I'm looking at it right now. 3.3. 3. And um, for a good run game, it needs to be in the fours, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you'd like it to be up there. Um, I was and, I was actually gonna say that Howard had that really nice catch though. Oh yeah. He had that. Uh, yep. He had that snag. I mean, it was a Trubisky led him a little bit too far, and then Howard kind of just reached out there, and it was like he had sticky hands. Uh, I was really impressed with that, and because my point was going to be that Cohen's obviously the receiving back, whereas Howard's more the bruiser on the goal line. But uh, it's hard to get Howard Jordan Howard going in there when the run game's just ineffective as a whole. When mm-hmm. Trubisky's your leading rusher, and most of those are scrambles. I mean, I, I expect that. To, I mean, we've been saying it for a couple weeks now, but I mean, eventually the run game is going to get going. It's gonna, they're gonna find these openings, mm-hmm. especially with Trubisky throwing it the way he is and starting to keep defenses honest. And if they don't figure it out, I mean, Trubisky's going to get worse and worse because they're not going to, they're not going to respect the run. Um, and I, once again, Nagy mentioned that in his press conferences, like if you shut down one part of the game, you could just. Now you can just cover people. You drop eight and have three and not worry about the run. You know what I mean? Right. But, Chris, uh, do you think it's the the O-line? What do you think it is that's that's causing this uh, lack of running? Um, You know, I'm, I, I can't put my finger on it. I, I really, you know, it's – it's kind of baffling. Um, you know, I, I expected them to kind of get it going by now. I think we all did. Um, you know, but I, I one thing I do, I, I will give Nagy credit for. It seems like even when the run game isn't going, he's still trying to, you know, get Tariq Cohen and Jordan Howard the ball in a way. Uh, more so Tariq Cohen, obviously. But, um, you know, just throwing screens to him, letting him get the short yardage and, you know, work from there. So I, I like I like the fact that he's that he's implementing um, those little screens and and you know bubble screens and short passes to kind of get them going. Um, you know, it's just to have them you know produce even if they're not running well. Um, speaking of screens and short throws, how do you how do you guys think our receivers did? I know um, Trubisky missed a couple of throws, but what about Anthony Miller? Um, I know Robinson was hurt for most of the game. Uh, he wasn't at 100%, but what about, like, route running? Have you guys been kind of paying attention to that at all? Are guys getting open and Trubisky is missing it, or where do you guys stand on that? Uh, I think it's both. I, I mean, I, I think the guys are doing a good job of getting open. I, I think Trubisky's missing them on some throws, but also, I mean, you can clearly see like Robinson's not at a hundred percent. He's clearly dealing with some mobility issues, but I mean, for the most part, yeah, I'm happy with it. Eventually those balls are going to start dropping into their hands. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. I think it is a little bit of both. Um, you know, I feel like our wide receivers could have done a little bit better, um, you know, through six games. 
but, you know, Mitch has missed a lot of open receivers in these games. So um, it was a little bit of both, um, but hopefully they just figure it out and figure it out fast. Yeah, because, I mean, it does seem like he focuses on the tight ends and running backs a lot. And I don't know if that's just because it's a like a pacifier for him, <laughs> like a security blanket, or if it's because uh, the receivers aren't open. And so I, I don't know. Kind of, It's definitely worrisome. Uh, but, I mean, you got guys like Anthony Miller who were wide open in a couple of throws. And, oh, it, and it, that your heart just dropped because you're like, oh, that would have been a touchdown. He'd have been gone. Um, but it, I, I feel like that's something we say a lot. It's just like so many, oh, oh gosh. And that's, that's, what this, that's where this Bears team, the title of our last um, – podcast I, I made it um who are the 2018 bears and that uh, that's who they are i think that could sum them up is the uh gosh team <laughs> that's, that's uh, uh, uh. yeah exactly um and I, I think that kind of uh defines them and i just got an email uh from wagner enterprises saying that my design for a t-shirt uh just went through can you nice, guys? Nice. Can you guys guess what this design is? Come on, come on. Oh, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just, it's oh, uh, is it? Oh. oh, it's exactly what I think it is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Should, should I just go ahead and tell, say it? Tell the people, Josh. It's your, it's your, it's your catchphrase. True, Brewski to Miller time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'll just go ahead and explain, just because there's slow people. True brew, as in brewed beer, true brewski, to Miller time, which is beer. Ah, it's so clever. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, you'll, you'll be able to purchase that on uh, the Wagner, uh, uh, Wagner Enterprise shop. Um, I don't know the Twitter handle, but anyways... You'll, you'll see it plenty, trust me. I will shoot it out as many times as I possibly can to the people. Josh is going to be wearing it every Sunday. That's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Um, all right, defense. Let's dive into defense. I don't even want to talk about We can mention – actually, let's just talk about special teams really fast. Um, they sucked. Anyways, let's keep going. Yes. <laughs> um, actually, you can't even say that because they forced a fumble, but – Anyways, go ahead if you have more to say on the special team. Uh, I mean, just my only point about special teams is, I mean, really the good news is that it can't get much worse. <laughs> that also, I mean, it's their worst. It's their worst uh, performance of the season uh, from special teams. So I think that's encouraging. That uh, you know they've been mostly pretty good all year. Yeah, um, like you said, Josh, they were just pretty damn bad um you know you can't you just can't allow those type, types of things to happen and then expect to win the game you know um and I feel like a lot of it is growing pains honestly um but you know like Jake said yeah uh this is their worst performance of the season and honestly I don't expect to see them do this again um but if they do then we sh- probably should be worried and we'll talk about this when we get into defense but the missed tackles Oh my goodness, it just keeps happening over and over and over and over and over again, and it just, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> but 
But yeah. uh, defense, anybody stick out to you? Let's try to stay with the positive theme. Uh, I mean, no one really stuck out positive. I mean, Kyle Fuller, I guess, he continued to have a, a pretty good couple weeks here. I mean, he had another interception, so that's good. I mean, I'll say it over and over again. This Bears team has struggled before with getting takeaways, and it looks like they've kind of they find that they've kind of finally crossed that hump and kind of gotten over that. So that's good. Um, I mean, Bilal Nichols too. I'll point him out. He's been really good. Mm. He's, I mean, for a fifth round pick, he's been a revelation continually just getting run pressure. I think he was the only person to log a QB hit uh, this week too. So I really like what he's been bringing. Uh, Bilal Nichols is really the only guy that stood out to me as well. Um, but man, he's been phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. you know, he's kind of just come in there and done his job at, at an excellent level and, you know, can't really ask much, uh, from, from him, you know? Um, but yeah, this defense, um, you know, I, I don't really have any more positives and we're about to get into the negative. So I'll just stop it right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Roquan is considering as a rookie is doing everything that's asked of him. Um, yeah, that's true. Roquan, Ro- I know we mentioned him last week, so we're not going to go too deep into it, but he's just all over the field. Um, something that was kind of worrisome to me is when Jarrell Freeman was on the field, he was almost leading in um, tackles for the season. Mm-hmm. I think the highest right now is in the 40s, maybe 50s, and I think our highest is like barely 30 maybe mid-30s. I know we're missing a game, too, because uh, our bye week was so early. But I was I was kind of confused about that, like why our tackles are so low. Because, um, I mean, we're on the field, obviously, because um, we keep it's, – it's, it's just that thing. Let's go into it. Have you guys been paying attention to how they're tackling and why we're not able to get the – I mean, guys like Amos, who are known to be these destroyers, um, what's going on? Like, what's going on with these guys? Is it? I, I, are they being over safe because of the new rules? Or have you noticed anything different about the way they're tackling? So I don't. Do we have a tackle expert here? <laughs> I do, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Do you have anything? Um, I mean, I'm just thinking maybe taking poor angles. That's pretty much all I have. I. I don't, I've never seen a team just completely fall off like they have um, with in terms of tackling, at least. Um, so, yeah, it's been really surprising. And to be honest, if it wasn't surprising, I don't think we'd be talking about it as much. So that kind of shows sure. everything well. Um, and then the lack of pressure, we're just getting beat. So, I mean, yeah. uh, I saw I – saw, someone say i forget who it was it may have been one of the bigger guys um on twitter he he said uh people were wondering like what this defense would have looked like but pre khalil mack and this is (laughs) this kind of shows what it would have been like because khalil mack has not been 100 percent, and he's even limping on the field which is definitely something that we need to keep our eye on which is definitely super sad considering we just spent a ton of money on him. Like, come on, fate, football fate. Like, you were you were so so kind to us at first. It's but. so interesting because 
you know, Cleo Mack does have this injury and he's clearly in pain, but yet he's being asked to drop back into coverage and make yeah. these quick moves and try to keep up with receivers rather than just straight up rush the quarterback and run in a straight line. So that's very weird to me. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Same thing as Jake said. The only thing I wanted to mention is um, Leonard Floyd has not been good. Um, mm-hmm. I know he's been asked to drop in coverage as well, but he's just, I, I mean, he's just been bang average all season long. And I know he was hurt earlier, but um, this is the, this is a time where he kind of has to step up. Um, you know, it's, this is his third year or third year, right? Third or fourth year. Third. Yeah. Third. Yeah. This is his third year. So, um, you know, th- this is, you know, the team hasn't been good. Um, defense hasn't been good. And, you know, he has to be one of the guys to step up. Um, we expected a lot of, a lot out of him this year. And, you know, he, he hasn't, uh, he hasn't lived up to it yet. Um, but hopefully he turns that corner. Especially being, he's not being leaned on, you know, like we have Khalil Mack. So you would think he would benefit from that. You know, you think he would step like shine even more, but he's a third year player. Like you guys said, he's, he'd be considered a veteran at this point. Like, you're no longer a rookie. Like you, you, those rookie mistakes, those being, being contained like the way he is. Like, and you're a first round pick, and you, it's so sad to have that pressure on people. But I mean, you put that on yourself by being to, by playing at the level that you were playing um, in college. So I mean, being a first round pick, there is pressure. I mean, look at. Uh, Prince of Mukamara, like every, like he he had all that pressure on him his entire career, um, and he never lived up to it. So people think of think of him as a bust, even though he plays above average football because he's not elite. He's not what people wanted from him, you know. And so um, I think that's what's kind of going to happen to Leonard Floyd. I think he's he he's going to get to a point where he's playing above average football just because of experience. But I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever make that turn to be elite, which is scary because we give Pace all this credit for uh, draft picks. But well, I mean, you also got to remember Leonard Floyd hasn't been completely healthy either. Um, he's still dealing with that broken hand. Last year, he obviously had a bunch of different injuries. So I still have faith in him. I still think he can be a ve- very valuable asset to this team. Uh, I mean, he's just got to get healthy, man. And, I mean, obviously that's something that not every player can do. I mean, you, you see that happen to guys all the time where they just can't stay healthy. But hopefully for him he gets to that point. I just think he's got to focus on that one thing first. Yep. I also want to address um, Eddie Jackson's tweet about, like, he said it, he said it two weeks now, and eventually it's just going to get redundant and dumb. Like, he's, he said, all these critics – sitting on their couch and like like I and we're going to bounce back or something like that but like eventually the critics are right if you guys keep messing up you know like right and I respect Eddie Jackson in his game but at the same time like if you're bad if you're playing bad you're playing bad like don't own up to it you know but anyways um anything else that you guys took from this game uh, I mean, I liked the play calling from Nagy a little bit better this week. I think he, I mean, 
granted, he, he wasn't in a position to get conservative with the play calling. He kind of had to keep it moving, keep the pace up. But mm-hmm. um, I did like a lo- seeing a little bit more aggressiveness from that. Uh, one thing that I did see, and I, I this goes back to Mitch hitting Trey Burton and Tariq Cohen more underneath instead of taking the top off. I think defenses are starting to respect Trubisky's deep ball a little bit more. I think that's going to be especially more so now after that completion of Kevin White at the end of this past week's game. So I feel like right now the game plan is take away the deep ball, take away Taylor Gabriel, take away Allen Robinson, don't let him run these deep routes down the sideline. And I think it's just a matter of figuring out how to counteract that, I guess figuring out where you can make mismatches happen now. So uh, I'm interested to see how that progresses in the next couple weeks too. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, That's kind of one thing. I I don't know if you guys remember, I was kind of harping on Nagy that, you know, teams are starting to adjust and he doesn't know how to adjust back. Um, And, you know, that's, that comes with inexperience as a head coach, obviously. um, But, you know, that they have to figure that out quickly or else we're going to be in some trouble. Um, I'd be interested to see the stat on this, how Trubisky did in the first half uh, compared to the, how he did the second half. Um, like when did his when did his uh, completion percentage start to go down? Because obviously he did he, he completed a little over half of his passes, which he completed. I mean he attempted 50 I think at 51 or something dumb like that, something crazy. Um, if you, if you're starting to be that inaccurate, you need to find something. Like you need to. It, it's not like something that progressively. That, that I'm sorry, not progressively. That got worse at the end of the game. Like it was just something that you could see. Okay, they're they're game planning for Trubisky. So let's let's do something else. You know, like <laughs> he's he's not being as accurate as normal. Like they're doing double coverage on. Taylor Gabriel, like they're they're doing pretty good at coverage. Like run the ball, uh, is what I'm alluding to. Like give it to Jordan Howard more. Like I don't think your pretty much rookie quarterback should be throwing the ball 50 times yet. But you know that says wonders to what Nagy thinks of Trubisky. Nagy truly believes in what Trubisky brings to the table. Um, it's not one of those tell us to our face and then not show us on the field like. Nagy is doing, has proven to Trubisky and everybody that he is putting his full trust in him and giving him the football and giving him the game, which is, I guess, cool. And, I mean, he's showing him enough in practice to believe that Trubisky can do it. It just needs to translate to the field. Because um, that, that completion percentage, well, do you have it in front you guys have one? One of you guys have it in front of you? Yeah, uh, he was 26 for 50. So, I mean, just over 50%. And when he's been 70%. And so, like you said, Chris, there needs to be some kind of game plan change at halftime. Like, okay, they've, they've figured us out. We need to switch it up or even even not even go away from the past. Just do something different, play calling different. Uh, just figure out what's going on. I mean, this, is, this isn't just on Nagy either. Nagy depends on... Um, Vic Fangio too being up in or the offensive coordinator being up in the press box like I don't know if our guys our guys sit up there right and they don't they're not on the field yeah uh yes I believe so yeah I think I think Helfrich has been on the field I know Fangio isn't but 
Um, yeah, Anyways, I think, I think the, I'm there. They're up there. Yeah. It's a collective thing is all I'm saying. Like, Fangio knows defenses. So he can be looking up there and be like, hey, they're running a cover two, blah, 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 blah however he talks. I don't know. Anyways. Um, I think that was pretty accurate. But he could give help as well. Like, this isn't – it's not all on Nagy, you know. Uh, there's a billion coaches on the sideline. There's a – ton of people to help out during the game and um it has to be a team game and i don't either Nagy's not listening or his help isn't there because they they need a and everybody on the coaching staff is new too except for vic fangio pretty much i mean he's got new offensive line coach he's got a new um offensive coordinator like it, it's it, everybody's new and some of them are straight from college college ball too so it's just these are the growing pains that they talked about uh, at the in the beginning of the season that we've all forgotten about. Like this wasn't this wasn't supposed to be the season that we made it, but because we got Khalil Mack and because we're playing so well, these expectations got so high, um, we forgot that there was going to be growing pains. And I did too. I'm I'm victim of that too. Like I as soon as we got Khalil Mack, I was like, oh, we're ten and sixteen, which I still believe we can be because of uh, how well we've played. Um, but we're going to see games like Dolphins, Packers, and um, Patriots just because of the very fact that it's growing pains and it's it hurts. But anyways, um, next week, let's talk about that game. Where, where are you guys at um, with next week and um, against the Jets, right? Or is it the Bills first? Yes, Jets. Okay, sorry. Bears Nation podcast, we should probably know who they're playing next. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're, we're, oh yeah, definitely the Jets, because they were just talking about Darnold. Um, mm-hmm. Is this a win or a loss? Let's just start with that, and then we'll talk about what needs to happen. Win. Chris? Uh, I'm going to say win as well. I'm going to say win as well. Um, but I, I refuse to be cocky about it, and I'm sure you guys do too. Because yep. Miami, Miami was supposed to be a win too, uh, an easy win at that. Because Brock Osweiler was starting, um, <laughs> so <laughs> we all know how that ended. And Sam Darnold has actually been playing pretty well. Um, he is a beast with the deep ball, um, especially with Roby Anderson on the other side. So we need, and that's mm-hmm. that is scary stuff considering guys like uh, Dromino killed us. And Albert Wilson killed us. Like those speedster, speedster guys, seem to be our weakness. And um, like James White just killed us. Like those fast little guys are are destroying our defense right now. Um, but what needs to happen next week for the Bears to get the win? Defense has to show up. Uh, I mean, they haven't been there the last two weeks. They got to show up. Uh, especially against the Jets. It's a rookie quarterback. You can rattle him. You can get to him. Uh, he is prone to mistakes sometimes, so you just got to make it happen. Defense has to show up like the defense we know they can be. Yeah, um, I was going to say the same thing. Um, Sam Darnold's been my guy since college. Um, he was my quarterback one coming in, um, and I still think he could be very good. But like Jake said, he is a rookie, um, and uh, you know I watched a ton of tape on him uh, in college. Um, 
And, you know, he is the type of guy who can get rattled. Um, and when he gets rattled, it goes down south really quick. Um, so, you know, I, I, I hope Fangio brings some pressure. Um, and, you know, I, I hope they they make life hell for him, uh, even though I, I do like him a lot. But um, I really hope they make it tough on him. And, you know, offense just needs to keep being the offense. Um, and, you know, that's pretty much it. I We're more talented than the Jets. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. Um, so this should be a, a win. But, you know, as we've seen, nothing is a guaranteed win with the Chicago Bears. So, uh, Wide receiver talent isn't there for the Jets. I mean, they have Roby Anderson, who's a speedster. But Quintia Nunez down. Um, and other than that, I'm not scared of anybody on their, their offense. Um, Sam Darnold is... Uh, sitting duck pretty much and so if our defense can be what they were week one two and three this should be a win we should be the sh- <laughs> Sam Darnold should be scared for his life just like I thought Brock Osweiler should have been scared for his life um, they've had a hard time scoring in the red zone like Jake Jason Myers or the kicker for their team just set a record for their franchise for like seven field goals in a game because they can't score in the red zone. So we have potential to win this game. Yeah, it was seven field goals. Um, we have potential to win this game. Will they do it? That's. <laughs> I, I hate that I feel this way now because I was so confident um, two weeks ago. Especially, I, I said this last week, especially after that Colin Coward video where he's talking about the point def- differential. And I know I said this. I don't want to repeat myself too much. But I was just so hyped after that video. And I was like, this is it. This is where it all happens. And we go the rest of the season undefeated, blah, blah, blah. I didn't really think we'd be undefeated. But I didn't think we'd be losing like this. Like, I thought for sure there would be not as many points on the board, blah, blah. blah. I don't know. But next week, to win, uh, defense needs to show up and – no turnovers. Uh, Jets actually have been pretty good about uh, turning the ball over. Um, Darren Lee in the middle is actually pretty good um, as a linebacker, inside linebacker. So um, there's there's guys to look out for. What's the guy? Uh, Adams, Jamal Adams, safety. Mm-hmm. He's he's definitely Leonard Williams too up front. Oh yeah, Leonard Williams. Like they they have guys uh, that can keep Trubisky on his toes. So. Um, yeah. which, which one of the receivers do you think, do you think it's going to be Tariq Cohen's game again? Or do you, who do you think is going to get the ball the most? Um, I guess if it, I don't want to make this a fantasy show at all, but if anybody was going to be targeted the most, who, who do you think that would be? Uh, I want to say Allen Robinson, but, uh, it depends on his injury. So I'm actually going to say Anthony Miller. I think Trubisky's been looking for him a lot lately, and uh, I, I would like to see him get some consistent work. And I think against the Jets, against an inferior team, that's a perfect opportunity. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Trey Burton. I don't know if you were talking about the whole offense or just receivers in, in particular, but um, I think Trey Burton is becoming that guy for Trubisky slowly. Um, you know, He's getting the targets, um, and he's making the catches for the most part. Um, just one thing I wanted to throw out there. Uh, the Jets uh, starting uh, – is it strong safety or – no, the, the Jets starting free safety Marcus May out of Florida it, uh, got hurt. And la- last week they were down to their second stringer, and he also got hurt. So 
this week they're down to their third stringer. So I uh, <laughs> really hope we. Yeah. So uh, that that would to me that would mean Taylor Gabriel is going to get some looks uh, down the field. Um, but I don't. So this kind of leads to injuries. Um, Khalil Mack, do you think it would be wise to sit him a week or maybe two weeks? Not because we think yep. this game is a lock, but just to get him healthy for the games that are going to be tough. Do you think he needs some time to just heal? Yes, but I mean, I don't. I just don't know if you can afford to sit him. I mean, but also the whole defense needs to play as a whole. So, I mean, I, I guess, yeah, it depends on how confident you are. But like Chris said earlier, no, no win is a given win can't guarantee anything and you need your yeah. best players in order to get wins. Um, you know, uh, it'd be interesting if Khalil Mack sits to finally see Kylie Fitz on the, on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, I think it would be actually really wise to, to sit him. Um, this is how I'm looking at it. I know, you know, you guys know how I, how I'm not very confident in the bears and I always say nothing's a guaranteed win, but um, you know, if, if this team, without Khalil Mack can't beat the Jets, then I just don't think we're a good football team, to be quite honest with you. I mean, mm. I know he's one of the best players in the league, but if he if you're relying on him that much and the rest of your defense just flat out stinks without him, then I think that says it all. Um, and, you know, the Jet, we have the Jets and the Bills coming up, and I think those are winnable games, um, you know, without Khalil Mack. But we're the Bears, and we can easily lose those games. So <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then my next question was Allen Robinson. Um, of all the games, the Jets, I feel like that would be the one to let one of your wide receivers, since we're so deep at the position, just let him, just let him heal. Just get him, give him one game, just to whatever's ailing him, whatever's bothering him, just to get it under control. I think it was a groin, wasn't it? A groin last week. Um, yes. That he, he sat out last week. Um, Callahan looked fine. I think he's off the injury report, but uh, I think those are the two two guys that I'm just like maybe maybe just take a break, uh, just because I we we have some tough games coming up after after uh, these easy ones. So quote unquote easy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so that's where I stand. I stand on just letting them take a break at least one week. I think the Jets, especially. Allen Robinson, just give him a week just to, because to, we're so deep at wide receiver. I don't, not that he hasn't been a factor, but he hasn't been a factor. <laughs> I, yeah. feel like, I feel like I do that a lot on this show. Like, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, but Allen Robinson really hasn't done much uh, for the team. Or maybe he has. Maybe him just being out there uh, does wonders for tr- guys like Taylor Gabriel and Tariq Cohen. So, I, I I say give Kevin White a chance and let him um, fill that Allen Robinson role. Uh, but anyways, that's just me. And then you got guys like Javon Wims just chilling. Um, I, I just I think Allen Robinson can can hang out for for a week just to get better. But that's just me. Um, where what else? You guys have something else that's just on the tip of your tongue that you're just like, ah, I, you know, I do want to share this. Bears fans suck. I don't know, because <laughs> um, I know I know you say that a lot, Chris, about the NFC North fans and how they they uh yep. they do not, not stop talking. 
What is yep. it? What is it about them that that bothers you so much? Because I see it on your Twitter account all the time. Oh man, it was bad. Um, Cause you guys, well, I, I kind of set myself up for it. I'm not gonna lie with that. Good morning, peasants, um, and the Bears at the top of the NFC North uh, for the past couple weeks. And oh yeah. <laughs> uh, they, were, they, were, they were giving me a lot of uh, rival fans were giving me a lot of crap after, um, you know, once we got to three and three. Uh, so, you know, it's just a lot of fans. Just you know, a lot of Packers fans keep talking about us and they always say they're not worried, but I honestly don't believe you talk about a team this much if you're not worried. Um, so I feel like it is a bit of insecurity. Um, you know, I'm not trying to take shots at them, but I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It, it's mainly, it's mainly Packers fan fans. I'm not going to lie to you um, from what I've seen at least. And then our fans just, oh God, uh, you know, when, when things, <laughs> things you know, when things are good, everything's like perfect and sunshines and rainbows and all that. But when it's bad, it's just like people just, you know, tweeting at the players individually and telling them they're garbage and stuff like that. It's just it's a mess when we lose. It really is such a flip flop fan base. But we say that I, I do a lot. So I'm technically the C, the COO of Wagner Enterprises. So I I do a lot with all the other teams, too. Um, Humble brag. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do a lot with all the other teams too, and to see other fans, it just makes me laugh because I'm through and through a Bears fan, so it's really hard to post for other teams. Um, but when I when I do, and I'm looking at like their their tweets and all that stuff, it's it's just really funny to see football fans uh, all say the same stuff about their teams, um, except for Patriots fans. They're I feel like they're the most annoying because they're always good. But when something bad happens, they're just like, oh, I can't believe it. Like, shut up. Like, you guys have been waiting for so long. No, the thing is with Patriots fans, like, like no one no one can can beat them by outplaying them. It's either they're lucky or, you know, the Patriots are unlucky or the refs suck or something like that. And that that part just bothers me. Like, I don't know if you guys saw uh, one Patriots fan I follow was like, oh, the bear. Once we went up, I think, 17 to seven, I believe. He was like, "Oh man, after this, the Bears are gonna revert to sucking like they like we know they they do and stuff like that." I'm just like, "Dude, calm down. First of all, the game's not over. We're the Bears, so you can still win this game." Uh, and you know, I don't know. It's just they never feel like they can get outplayed. And if you outplay, and if you are outplaying them, then it's just, "Oh, we were off" or something like that. And the one season next, if it's next season or the season after that they start to do bad, they're just gonna complain for forever. But They've been a dynasty for how long? Like, like there's you should be happy Ever. for the, for Forever. the rest. Yeah, you should be happy for the rest of time in this era of, of football. Like, it, your generation of fans should be happy for forever. Like, you should be satisfied. Like, just be. You know what? We won. Let's give somebody else some chances. You know, <laughs> like, so just be quiet and stop complaining. Like, how many how many Super Bowls do you need before you'll be happy? Like. Let us, let us, like you said, let us, us peasants, like get some wins. Like let us, let us be on top for once. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm just being a baby, but I, I got tweeted, I got tweeted at, um, somebody was like, uh, you guys are cursed because of what you guys did to the, the Patriots in 85 or the 86 Super Bowl, like about 85 Super Bowl, whatever. Anyways. And now you're cursed and th- this will always happen to you for the rest of your time. I'm like, sh- no, we've just been awful ever since then. <laughs> this has nothing to do with cursing. But anyways, you've been listening to Bears Nation Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. 
once again, if you're listening on iTunes, whatever it is, subscribe, like, comment, uh, whatever. And you can come follow us on Bears Nation at Bears Nation Pod. We have an actual Twitter account that I'm the only one posting on because Jake and Chris are slackers. Uh, but that's okay. Hey, man. <laughs> hey. I don't come at you like that. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, I will, I'm, I'll edit it out. I'm not going to edit that out. Um, wow. Chris. <laughs> Chris. Uh, I don't know. Never mind. Anyways, thanks for listening. Comment. Tweet at us if you have any questions about the game or the show or if you have ways that we could improve, just let us know. If you want to come on the show, let us know. Uh, just send us a direct message and Jake will probably tell you no because um, he's, <laughs> he's mean. Um, no, Chris is I'm actually – I'm the bad cop in that situation. Actually, you know what? Chris is actually probably the secret mean one calling all the Bears fans off. I don't know how secret it is. <laughs> fair, <laughs> fair enough. Anyways, let's end this show. Uh, I'm Josh. I'm Jake. I'm Chris. Bear down. <laughs> Well, come on, baby, don't you want to go? Well, come on, baby, don't you want to go? Back to the same old place, sweet home, Chicago. Chicago.